Well, this morning our theme, our, our, our theme seems to be uh, one of wisdom. And the epistle in Ephesians this morning comes to us from the fifth chapter. It begins at verse 15. And Paul's theme here is about wisdom. And more specifically, it's about living wisely, spending your time wisely. And Paul writes, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. You know, there's a, a, a different translation uh, of that verse. It says, look carefully how you walk, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I like that that phrase redeeming the time Paul here is is saying that time is redeemable but we as as humans have a problem with time I think I know I do see Paul is is telling me here that I need to spend more time in the moment and less time worrying about time I think we all worry about time in some respect, especially as it's getting uh, to be fall again. And already I know we have a sophomore in the, the church who's just starting her sophomore year in high school. Uh, my own daughter is back at A&M. Uh, it's, it's just busy and time can get away from us if we're not careful. Paul is telling us that in, in this fallen, broken world, there's so much that can distract us. So much we can worry about if we allow ourselves to worry. There's so much that can waste our time, that can divert our attention away from the purpose for which God has ordained us. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Notice he didn't say those worries will go away. He said, don't worry about tomorrow because there won't be any worries. He didn't say that. He said, think about, dwell in, be in the moment because you can be in tomorrow's moment when it comes. And then he said, today's trouble is enough for today. It's, see, that's not just good advice, that's wisdom. It's wisdom that's imparted to us from our Lord and our Savior. What better source that we should pay attention to than what Jesus advises us about time? Now, I can't read this passage, I can't read that particular verse without thinking about my friend Ben. And I've told you about Ben. I think it's been a few years since I mentioned him, but he was a man who struggled with the many distractions of the world. And, and as a result of that, he had issues with time. Now, I'm sure most of us have time-related issues. We have time management issues. We have procrastination issues. 
maybe there's a sense of there not being enough time. These are time issues that everyone struggles with. But Ben had kind of these ingrained, deeply ingrained issues with time that would often trigger this condition within him left over from his combat experience. See, he was a Gulf War veteran and he suffered from a condition you've probably heard of called post-traumatic stress disorder. I know I've mentioned it here a number of times. Uh, I, I've, had, um, I've had the blessing of being able to help people with PTSD because having gone through it myself, and I, I don't know that you ever get over it, save uh, intervention by our Savior Jesus. Uh, it's manageable. It, I, I think it can only be healed by divine intervention. That's just my own opinion. But one of the ways the PTSD manifests itself, in my experience, is, is through this perception that time is being wasted and, and that it has been wasted, and if we're not careful, it will be wasted. And so there's this tendency for, for people who are struggling with PTSD that they get laser-focused on time. And one of the reasons for that is because they tend to regret all of the moments that they recollect as having been squandered, a squandered lifetime. Now, these recollections can be real or just perceptions within that person, but whether real or, or perceptions, when the event that causes the trauma takes place or when that event is triggered, then there's this subconscious thought within that person's mind to never experience the feeling of regret at having wasted a life or squandered time. And so that person vows never to waste time ever again. Now that's a hard thing to do, to promise yourself that you will never waste time. See, the thought process goes something like this, and I'm simplifying it, but this is, this is what a person with PTSD thinks about time. The thought is that time is precious, and that because time is precious, it should be spent wisely. And because it should be spent wisely, it has to be carefully planned out. And because it has to be carefully planned out, any deviation from the plan that I make well, that's wasted time. Like I said, that's oversimplified, but there's so many subtexts within this process in, in a person's head that's struggling with PTSD. But I think for the most part, that's accurate. The result is that wasted time produces frustration and anger, which is the result of PTSD, which is the thing that drives wedges between relationships and people. And for Ben, this was a torment every day of his life. And so I think I might have shared this once before several years ago. I don't know if it was in this context or not, but Ben had an incident that I think 
explains or illustrates what I'm talking about here. See, Ben was driving to work one day and a, a truck in the highway threw a rock up into his windshield. And as the windshield broke, and as Ben uh, relates this story, he says as he watched these hairline fractures from the chip as they started to spread out across his windshield. Have you ever experienced this? If you've driven on the freeways, chances are you've been hit by a rock by a passing truck. The result of that was that Ben became instantly angry. And I don't mean he was irritated. I mean he was mad. Mad. And you're probably thinking that's really not out of the question. I think I'd be mad too. But this was, this was deep-seated rage. Not to the point where he did anything stupid, but to the point to where he realized that he had an issue. See, it wasn't the expense of fixing the windshield. It wasn't even the fact that he felt like he'd been disrespected by somebody that was uncaring enough to just blow by at a high rate of speed and throw a rock into his windshield. Truck driver probably wasn't even aware that that had occurred. See, the thing that mattered the most to Ben was that now he had to deviate from his well-planned out day. Now he had to go get the windshield fixed. That interruption, the time that it would be wasted, just thinking about that, caused Ben great anger. And the thing about PTSD and anger is that it really doesn't know any bounds. See, it lashes out at whatever and whomever is in the immediate area. Whoever's closest to you at that particular moment ends up being the recipient of your anger. It's not rational, it doesn't care about the feelings of others, it's insidious, it's destructive, and it leaves the person feeling the very regret that they vowed they never would experience again. And so in that sense, it's self-perpetuating. It feeds off of itself. There's, there's seemingly no hope to ever get out of this cycle. Now, why do I tell you that in this context? Well, see, Paul is illustrating here in this letter to the church at Ephesus. He's talking about making the most of our time and he's talking about it from two different perspectives. Now I know we've talked about this before because some of you are involved in the Kairos movement. In, in Greek, time can either be chronos time, which deals with the flow and the measurement of time. You've heard of a chronograph, right? A clock. That's where that word comes from. It's an instrument for measuring time, minutes, seconds, etc. And then there's kairos time, which is, which is where the word of the movement, kairos, which goes into prison, and Bobby can tell you about this better than I can, but they bring the gospel message into the prisons where people are spending plenty of chronos and they turn that chronos into something that deals 
with time in a different way. They turn it into this concept of the perfect time, God's time, God's timing, the right moment in time. See, in, in Kairos, we're not talking about time in terms of quantity. We're talking about time in terms of quality. Now, why is this important? Well, the reality is that as human beings, we tend to spend our lives as slaves to time, chronos. See, we run around taking stock of our hours and our minutes. We count days. We mark the time. We watch the clock. And see, truly, it's God's desire to restore humankind to the eternal beings he created us to be in the first place, before the fall. Beings that aren't bound by chronos. Because we were created as eternal creatures. And because of the fall, we're trapped in this fallen state of temporal existence. We're born, we live out our lives for however long God has for us, and then we pass. And we measure our lives that way, but see, God doesn't see us that way. And I, I've said this time and time again to many individuals that are struggling with this. We have to stop seeing ourselves in terms of chronos. Because through Jesus Christ, which, by the way, is the only way we can get back to the way we were created in the first place. It's the only way we can get redemption of the time. Through him, we can redeem the time and get back to experiencing time in terms of kairos, the way God intended. See, as Christ followers, we can choose our moments. We can decide to spend our time on things that matter for the kingdom. We can choose to let those things that cause fr frustration and anger, we can choose to let those pass us by. And I won't pretend that's easy because it's not. It takes real work and prayer and study. But we can redeem our time by turning it over to Christ. Because through Jesus we can overcome our squandered past. Or our perception of a squandered past. We can be instruments right now, even in these days that seem evil, where evil seems to reign in the world. We can be instruments for good in the lives of our families and for the advancement of the kingdom in this community. Because in Christ, regret turns to satisfaction and hope. Chaos, disorder, anger, well, all of that turns to shalom, turns to peace. Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. 
See, the psalmist there is talking about an awareness that our time, our chronos on earth, is limited. But he's also saying that because of that limitation, we have to recognize the kairos moments and use them wisely. We have to use them according to God's perfect will. And so my, my friend Ben had to make a choice. He could spend his day as a slave to Kronos, as a slave to his frustration and his anger, or he could spend his days in Kairos, making the most of the time he'd been given, looking for and appreciating those moments where God is honored and glorified. And so we, met, we spent many, many days in, in counseling, individually and in group settings. And I'd like to think I had a hand in helping Ben realize he healing, but I have to tell you that as Ben relates it, the, the turning point for him came through his wife, not through me, his counselor. See, on a sleepless night, Ben was reliving the horrors of combat through nightmares. And then he would spend, after he, uh, the nightmares woke him from a, uh, from a restless sleep, he'd spend the dark early morning hours frustrated and angry about the lost time and the lost sleep. And one night, Ben's wife woke up and noticed that her husband was no longer in bed next to her, and, and she rose and she walked into the kitchen, and Ben sat there slumped over this cup of coffee, And she sat down in the chair next to him at the table and she said, you know, you've been struggling with this PTSD long enough. Do you not know that you are allowed to let go of the memories that torment you? Do you not know that you are forgiven? What, what a profound insight into the mind of her husband. What a tremendous insight into the heart of the living God. What a magnificent demonstration of awareness of the direction of the Holy Spirit. Those words inspired by the Holy Spirit of God transformed Ben's mind and heart. See, the regret... The, the time wasted and lost, all those years in the blink of an eye were redeemed in Ben. For anyone, for those of us who struggle concerning time, Paul's message to us in Ephesians is relevant, I think. Because each of us has this finite race to run on earth. Each of us is a work in progress in this process of sanctification, of becoming more like Christ. 
And the free will that God gives us allows us to choose to embrace joy and forgiveness instead of anger and frustration. And when we choose to embrace joy, when we choose to accept the forgiveness that God offers, then God redeems the time. And so just like Ben, who made his choice, we can, in the same way, in fact, we must refuse to spend any more time enslaved to the frustration of Kronos. We have to turn away from that, and we must claim the redeeming blood of Christ and choose to live in Kairos, just as we were created to be. And if we do that, then everything that's gone before, as the Bible says, we can count it all as joy. In other words, we can consider it all time well spent. Think about that for a moment. Through the power of Christ working in us, no matter what's gone before us in our lives, it all serves as time well spent if the end result is a relationship with the one true God by the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Father God, you are the master of time. Your word says in Ecclesiastes that for everything there is a season and a time for every event under heaven. And Father, among those events that are listed in that passage of scripture, it says that there is a time to heal and a time to be forgiven. And so, Father, these your Servants, these your saints are gathered here this morning. And we are in that time of healing. Through your power and in your perfect time, we are seeing the healing of the physically afflicted. We're seeing the uplifting of mentally, emotionally and spiritually challenged people. And we're doing it by showing them the love of Jesus. Father, in your perfect will, Lord Christ, as you move the giving hearts of your people in our community, we intend to carry on that kingdom work here in this community as your missional church until you come again. This morning, Father, we gather together with a need to experience some of the other events under heaven that are mentioned in that passage in Ecclesiastes. Father, we need a time to plant. We need a time to build up. Father, we need a time to laugh and a time to dance. We need a time to embrace and a time to love. And Father, we need a time for rest and peace. And Father, while we rest here for a moment away from the worries and the struggles of the world, let us pause to remember that all of the other events in Ecclesiastes, all those other 
events under heaven are still taking place out there somewhere. While we are resting in you here, out there is still much work to be done. There is still a season of brokenness, of poverty, of sickness. There is still a time to die. There's still a time to weep, a time to mourn, a time to seek, a time to tear apart, a time to throw away. And yes, Father, there's still a time to hate. And there out there is still a time for war. And so with all of that going on in the world and even here in our community in Splendora, we fall to our knees and we pray to you for mercy, for grace, and for those times that they would be overcome by your mighty hand and by your loving kindness that you would usher in a new season of redemption and healing and light. And today, Father God, we approach your throne with a spirit of thankfulness and expectation for all that you are and for all that you've done and for all that you are about to do. Father, I thank you for this room full to overflowing with your love and compassion. And I thank you for this time of fellowship. I thank you for the gift of healing, the gift of song, the gift of joy, and for your constant, unceasing, unfailing provision. Heavenly Father, bless us and strengthen us to serve you better in the seasons to come in our daily work and in our ministry. And help us to know, eternal Father, that time is in your hand. Because you are Alpha and Omega. You are beginning and you are ending. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we commit this time under heaven to you. Because you are sovereign. And we give you all the honor and the glory in the precious name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.